0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Intelligence, bringing you knowledge with the power to change. I'm your host, Brennan Dunn. we got a lot on deck today. Uh, we're going to be talking about everything from pop culture, politics. Uh, we have a special guest who's going to be joining us. We're talking about interracial relationships, uh, the integration of uh, black men, black women, and how that dynamic works in relationship status. A lot on deck. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to jump right into this starting with my main man over here, Charles Sherrod Jr., the tech guru to them all. Um, what am I doing? Just saying hello. Like <laughs> you've like that you literally every single episode. <laughs> you usually introduce me, you didn't say
1: start with me, so. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, uh, Dr. Rod Singleton,
0: sure. the medical extraordinaire aficionado. That's a lot. It is a lot. So you're a lot. So that's how we do this.
2: And the main man, We're criminal defense no attorney, Damon Parrish. I'm here. I'm usually I go first, but I understand.
0: But well, we want to save the best for last, and the Appreciate last it. being this beautiful young lady, Allie Booker. She Hello. is a civil rights attorney, and she is going to be our resident person talking about interrelational relationships. So, are you excited today? I am. I am. So, whatever goes on, Allie, know that we love you at the end of the day. Okay. Okay. All right. So, starting right off with uh, pop culture, Drew Hill has just added two new members uh, to their to their to their to their group, and you got uh, names of Jawan, Smoke, Peacock, and Benjamin Black Bush have joined <laughs> after the departure of Larry Whoa, Jazz Anthony. Man. Y'all don't
3: know what y'all talking about right now. Y'all laughing like that's
0: funny. Smoke Dick Larry. You know what that is, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not, not laughing at him. I'm just saying that they've been. added two. That's Damon. You need to turn to Damon on that one. Um, he's but
3: he's the, I mean, blessing. these
0: guys are responsible for some uh, some some key music, and I I'll let. Dr. Rod talk about those key uh, vocals, but they did stuff with Aaliyah. Uh, I mean, they, they've been around for quite a long time. So do we really care? Are we really
2: expecting good things from Drew Hill and them? Not, not, I don't know why they're still trying. Now, I'm not the music guy. Uh, Drew Hill had a couple of good songs. Uh, Sisko had a couple of good songs. And if, I guess if they come back with something good, that would be nice. If there's a, a new song coming out or, or uh, I don't know, but... I Personally, don't really care that much about them unless they make a good song and then I do care a lot so it's 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 like that so Charles during <laughs> the nighttime,
0: you do a little bit of, uh, of musical uh, professionalism I do I do uh, also known as the what uh, the Houston wedding DJ the oh, Houston wedding DJ so Plus. you've seen people come and go you've seen old school become new school we've seen Charlie Wilson uh, go from the Gap Band to who he is now um, is this something that we? I mean, how, one, how hard do you think it is to re-energize yourself as an R&B group? And I mean, is Drew Hill the kind of group, Cisco and them, the kind of group that uh that can make it?
1: Yeah, I think they can make it. Well, you got to remember. So when you when you got a catalog like Drew Hill has, you can always tour. So Drew Hill can come to the Arena Theater or some small theater right now with another group with a bunch of '90s people, and they're they're gonna sell out. So, keeping that group alive and keeping that music alive is good. Now, if they do new music, um, you know, there's people from the 90s that do Stokely from uh, Mid-Condition, had a solo album that's really good. You know, it's not going to be what the kids are listening to, but, yeah, it's definitely something I would check out. And with most groups, if you didn't replace the lead singer, if Cisco is still there, most people are still going to check for him. So, you know, I mean, they, they, they're they not going to burn the world down, but I, I'd pay... You know I, I'd go see it some would argue that you
0: know once you get into or once a group disbands there's a reason why they disbanded um I mean is this the kind of situation where
1: I don't well, know like let, let like let me ask you this if you're not a real drew Hill fan can you name all the members of the group I mean it's in front of me so the no. Answer, no, no. Yes. I mean before that if, if they if, if somebody said drew Hill you would say Cisco and them. Cisco and them. Right. right. You don't right. know who they are. Pinocchio so or... if they come and they can still, they so, can still. Well, you're a music guy, though. Yeah. But like, yeah. if you're not really a music guy, if you go and they do a good show and Cisco's there, you know, you'll be I happy just, with it. See. Unless, but jazz really had a uh, what was what was the uh, beauty? Beauty. I know, yes. Jazz. Hit, I think he'll be missed, but by me, by music people, but most people. Are i don't, don't know, chuck yo. I typically agree with you on the music
3: tip, but I'm not really. I'm now not. Clam- I'm not clamoring to see Drew Hillman. I'm more. I would be more. I would be more enthusiastic about Frankie Beverly announcing they had two new members than <laughs> and that wasn't even my era, man. I just yeah. I'm not. If you,
1: I mean, it's like I said this about Miguel. For some groups, you want to hear the songs. You're not really concerned about hearing those people perform yeah. those songs. But what if know. what if Miguel had made it into Fatty Cool?
0: Like, would we even know Miguel as he is right now? Probably not. I don't
3: know, man. You Good know, we didn't know. You know, a lot of. Independent, like in, individual artists started off in groups yep. that weren't that successful. Do you know the group that Freddie Jackson started off with? Mystic Merlin? No one knows that. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: there are, there are a bunch of people who started Both off in the these obscure groups. Change.
3: change. Change, yeah. Exactly.
0: Most of them think, start that uh,
3: way.
0: Well, so since we're on this music tip, we're going to uh, go in and talk about a little bit about the money side of this, because we talk about how these groups come and go, uh, but there's another financial part of this is really, really important. It's the... The music industry makes about $43 billion a year. I mean, it's, it's just stupid how much money is made. Artists collectively make about 12% of that. I mean, it, it, and that's actually up from 7% back, uh, as far back as uh, 2003 and uh, farther back. So 12% and 12% is not even really from their music sales. That, most of that 12% comes from their touring and other uh, ancillary activities. Apple has said, you know what, we want to try to get into this and maybe uh, give them a little bit more of their personal revenue. Um, we already have the infrastructure to make this happen. We've already uh, got the distribution ready to go and we, instead of having to develop new talent, we can just take the old talent that's there and not spend the money that's usually invested back into the artist and say, hey, we already know you got a proven product, let us be a record label, you get a higher percentage. Um, is this a game changer for Sony and them? <laughs> <laughs> As it stands, I mean, are they really about to blow these cats out the water? It, I mean, uh, what is it, uh, Sony?
2: Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Universal. 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 So, yeah. so I mean, are, are they? Are they? Should they be scared right now? Scared of what? I mean, it seems like Sony and Universal one of the things they do is take uh, a talent that is there but not harnessed and certainly not uh, publicized, and they make them a star. And in the process, they've learned how to, how to commit you to a certain amount of years or, or CDs or contracts uh, circa uh, Lil Wayne. And you're trapped in that, or Prince, you're trapped in that until you satisfy their conditions. I mean, every, everybody knows the industry is what it is. I'm not a musician, and I've, I've watched uh, new edition stories. i watched TLC stories. I, I realized that the industry sucks for artists coming out, and it's not until you make it and get powerful that you can jump free and, and make your own label or make your own money. So I don't think they're going to suffer any. I mean, it sounds like all Apple's doing is just capitalizing on already-made talent that is not under contract. Hmm. So, Ali, I know, I'm sure you listen to a little bit of music, right?
0: I
4: do, I do, I do.
0: Um, as it pertains to... Because, like, you know, Chance, Chance is one of the new new type of rappers who, he actually doesn't make you pay for his music. He, he gives the music out, and then he decides, you know what, I'll make my money I'm on the sure back I'm end, sure. on the shows and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, I mean... Are artists getting raped in this, or are they is it really just about most artists come out new, so they, they have no money, so this is just the dues that you pay?
4: Exactly. I mean, I think at the end of the day, they always can remain independent. Um, and I think that's why a lot of artists are independent. You know, I grew up, you know, with artists. B. King. He's independent. Um, not to say he wouldn't sign with the label, um, but the money would have to be right. And um, it's never right. <laughs> and he's very intelligent. Um, so you have people, you know, such as him, uh, Kaya, uh, that aren't going to sign. So at the end of the day, do I feel like it's their fault? Yes, Dr. Kaya. Um, <laughs> the sauce is like starting early. Day? Day. No, no. I was just
3: astounded that that name yeah. came up. I'm, I'm serious. She, she, died. Died. she said don't yeah.
0: don't flex on her gangster Please no, don't. Sure. But no,
3: listen, you know, before I moved to Houston, when I was in the Navy, I, a lot of my homeboys were from, the Gulf Coast, especially Houston and New Orleans and there were a lot of artists I had never heard of before who were out here doing their thing independent, making more money than any of the cats who were signed to major labels. I think Nas talked about it on one of his albums talked about the you know, down south it ain't really crazy they making money. Um, it's true, like I don't really understand why any of these artists who have a, a saleable product, like a chance, was was signed to a major label. It seems like most of these guys rather have recognition and fame more so than it would well.
1: Well you control the- I think I think there's a reason if you are an artist who wants to do more than be an artist, because what the comp what the labels do now is they sign them for three sixty deals. And mm-hmm. the three sixty deal means that they get a piece of everything you do, whether it be mm-hmm. acting, merchandising, or whatever. So if you're somebody like mm, really? if you're somebody yeah. like Rihanna, right? Let's say you're a Rihanna or you're that type of artist and you can go into a label. And you know that they'll front you enough money so that you can do all of these other things and those revenue streams come to you you'll be okay taking that large upfront money and then having those revenue streams come to you that you share with the record company now if you're a guy like these houston rappers and all you want to do is make music then you make music independently or you give it away and then you go tour where you keep all of your merchandise the t-shirts you sell so if you're like a slim thug who's got beer and t-shirts and shoes and all these things he makes him he and his company make hundred percent of those profits. So I think it depends on the artist because if you're an artist and you want to do all these other things, you wanna go like all of the actors on Empire that are artists, right? They sign a they sign a contract that says you get a piece of everything, the music, the acting and all that. But in return they get to become bigger stars with more That's access to other things. So Wait, aren't you if just the start independent you're not of you're, slave. So you're not yeah. So, so, no, no. no yeah, I, I it's, would, it's The it's answer that to me is no, because I mean, what's, what's,
0: how many people, first of all, can buy into such a? I mean, that's almost like buying into your own franchise for free at this point, and well, you put in like five years worth but again, of work.
1: This is, this is what we, we don't, we also miss, right? This is the record labels' fault too, because with Napster and all that stuff was happening, the people were downloading music. They were so worried about illegal downloads, instead of creating the, the creating the infrastructure to sell directly to their customers, where you can log into. A, whoever.com and get your music. Yeah. They allow these technology companies. So now, when you I pay Apple Music every month, I don't pay Apple Music for the music. I pay them for access to a library. I pay them for their technology. I pay Spotify or whatever it is, you pay for access to that and they cut out the artists. So the artists as, as creators, it doesn't matter what you create, you can't sell directly to your consumer. Unless you're independent, like they used to do, where they drive around the record stores, sell their CDs on yeah. consignment, and they get back all the money. And, so and that's that's kind of the record label's fault as well.
0: And quite honestly, Allie, back to your to your comment on, on slave labor. I mean, you got to understand with every with every business and with every profession, you got to pay your dues before you get in there. And these cats c- come in. These are the dues you pay. Entertainment is one of those industries where. It's, it's a, a New York Minute type thing where five years is literally a lifetime. So if you can last that long, your contract isn't a lifelong contract. Your contract's somewhere usually between three to five years or depending on the type of contract you have, you know, it's a number of records to be made. So you've got like a, a four or five record contract. Once you've done it, you're good to go. But you got to put in your dues. and I, I mean, I don't know how else you're
1: supposed to do that. At, Except you're it doing like, like it like <laughs> this, though. Let's say you're a mom and pop business outside of Music Not Creative and you sell canvas right and you got a really good candle business in houston and you are making a killing and then walmart comes along and says we can put you all over the country but you have to give us a percentage of your profits do you do it maybe you say no i want to retain creative control and i'm doing well but then you say i got to change you know what if i go to walmart not only can i make candles now i can make potholders and i can make whatever that gives you the ability to switch switch if you want to do that so i think it's an option What were you going to
4: say? I mean, I think it's kind of like wanting to own your own business. I think you either want to be a worker or a mocker. You know what I mean? You're a mocker or a schmoozer. And so if you're going (laughs) to sign with a label, you're not willing to do what it takes at the end of the day. You need someone to be over you. You want them right. to pimp you out, take your or, money, and give you me go You So
0: you don't got to be a starving happens. artist that's working out of their trunk for the next 15, 20 years, and then hopefully maybe I get enough to, what is to the do difference something. If I'm Between getting 100%, every time I'm getting 100% percent of 2
1: million, that's better than getting 0.05% of 100. You, you got to get to 2 million. Two million might take you 20 years to get to Not yeah, yeah, necessarily. But man, let's, let's be real. If you got a hot song in the streets, but you still live in the hood. Everybody think you rich. And a record label comes along, you ain't never had nothing in your life. You made one song, and they tell you, i give you $500,000. That's more money you ever seen in your life for some of these kids. And they 18, 19 years old. My so, point. No excuse to exactly. jerk. Exactly. Yeah. They make some of you. Yeah, but they're getting, getting jerked. But, but if it, you if you young and
3: broke, this goes back to to the fundamental scheme of us not controlling the industries and the artistry that we create. Like we get jerked across the board, whether that be entertainment, fair, we black uh, people, people. We, black uh, people of, own. Right, We and jerk our own. I mean, exactly. how many times have you seen? Look at Weezy
0: and Baby going through it. I mean, Weezy just got It's learning behavior. So. uh at the end, I mean, money is money, man, and people are always going to try to try to screw you over when it comes That's to money true. to make to make theirs. Somebody has to die, and most of the time, it's the person on top killing the person on bottom.
1: Especially when they think they can go out and get anybody to do what you do. Exactly. Right, right.
0: Um, so we're going to switch over to a uh, sports real quick as we go down the line of issues today. So the NCAA uh, just came out with a new rule that they adopted saying that they are going to allow elite college players and high school recruits to hire certified agents and still maintain college eligibility. The big question in this is how, what what is considered elite? You know, who's gonna determine that that elite process? And then they open it up uh, for a, a certain number of people because the elites are only gonna be 10 to 15 people, uh, generally speaking, that, that even have this ability. Um, and Also, they have uh, expanded the recruiting process from five to fifteen visits, which is going to put a strain on recruiting budgets across the board. Um, I really don't care, but you know the, but the, the the institutions are worried about that saying now we got to put in more work, more money <laughs> to try to get these cats out here. So as far as as far as this elite status is concerned, I don't see how this really helps the situation.
3: so I don't think this, I don't think Determining who's gonna be the arbiter of who is elite is the crux of the matter. I think more so than anything, this is this is this is the NCAA's tell. They basically know that the writing's on the wall for them, that the jig is up, that this scheme, this, this, this racket is about to come to an end in some foreseeable future, right? And I don't know what this is intended to address. Like who how many players are gonna benefit from this? I don't know, I don't know I don't know what the what is the ostensible goal here. Well that's I, what I said. I don't, I don't know don't, who this who this
0: it's really it's, is afforded the opportunity. I mean you got the 10... Even the cats that are coming straight out of high school and going to to the pros, what's the? Well, you got to do a one and done now for, for the uh, NBA. But I mean, they sit there for a year and then they go. During that time, we all know that people are already approaching them. They've already. I guess it, this is a matter of making it legal for them instead of having to do it uh, below board. But I mean, quite honestly, this this is a system that having the most elite go through isn't going to change the substance substantive system as it is because the majority well, of players don't get. Don't go to the, the pro
3: level, and that the majority of players who are still being affected by the NCAA system are not. This is not going to this is not going to address the system systematic issues at all.
2: There was another aspect to that that I think will address it, and that uh, if I understand correctly, whether you're a leader or not, if you declare and you don't get drafted, you can still maintain your eligibility at school. So that I think that exists uh, whether elites or not. I think that's good for them. That's their, still just an infinitesimal fraction of all the NCAA athletes. Well, I'm just saying, it'd, it'd be good. I think that's still something good for the students. Well, I mean, wants they,
0: to, Who wants to come back to college after you've like, you know
2: what, I'm out of business, and then you come back, so well, about here's, that here's being why. out. Here's why, because you keep your scholarship and you get a chance to fix what's wrong. If you think you're going to be drafted and you're not drafted, and you're, you're a pro-level person to be drafted, and you don't get drafted, you can come back and, like, you're still in a program, and if there's an issue with your technique, you get one more chance to get it right as opposed to now you don't get drafted, and now you got to go out and get an agent. Like, if you ever watch Hard Knocks, you see guys who come out who don't get drafted. That life is hard. They get an agent. The agent invests a lot of money. They do hopes and prayers on this Right now, preseason NFL try to make it. I imagine the D-League and basketball is the same way. I imagine the minor league baseball is the same way. But, in,
0: what, I mean, isn't that the purpose of the G-League? Isn't that the purpose of FIBA? I mean, I mean, yeah, you, you're going this, through there for the development purposes.
2: This way you can stay in school and, let's say, for instance, you These don't get These ain't worried about school. Well, well,
0: yeah, but maybe, maybe. So, so, so
3: is, is the socio outcry against the NCAA about the elite players or is it about the majority of the players who are exploited by the NCAA who still are under this scheme? Because this doesn't do anything to address – all of these kids whose bodies are being used to prop up this massive revenue stream that's coming into the NCAA—it has nothing to do with that—and that, and that's my bigger point. This is this is a drop in the bucket. This is a this is a red herring. This is throwing the dog off the scent. This is them doing something to try to appease us. But this and, is nothing. Is it
0: really though, because I mean, really? it literally does nothing. That's what I'm saying. That. It
3: does nothing. But we're talking about it as if it's a big deal.
2: It's not a big deal. It's a. Well, no, it, it is a big deal. Because to a very, it's, 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 it's a it's a big deal in in scope and policy. Now, now you see, you're seeing a change. Now they're allowing you to go pro. Oh, you to make pro? Go, come back to be amateur. Now they're saying if you're a high schooler and you're still amateur, now you can get an, an agent. That's a that's a monumental step forward because before, if you were an amateur, you were an amateur. So are these guys going to still get suspended for selling their likeness? My are under- they still going to well, get
3: suspended for for taking per- taking? you know, money from other outside organizations? Probably, are, they still probably, gonna, probably, are they still not going to uh, get video game revenue? Probably. Are they still going to be paying the coaches millions but of dollars while they get nothing?
2: this the first I question. I said, said so, probably. So this is but nothing. This, this is does nothing. It's, it doesn't do nothing. It does something because it gets the ball rolling in, rolling in the next step forward. So you're not going to have a monumental leap where all of a sudden college athletes can now have agents and, can, and be, be treated as pros but still collegiate. But right now, not one big step. It will happen incrementally. So death by a thousand cuts and this is like Man. this is cut two or I three. Like to a legacy to stand so on. So outside of the
0: NBA, we switch over to the NFL, where uh, the fun. the NFL has just let <laughs> the world know, know that they're going to start including male dancers as part of the reverie. you um, you got dancers Quentin Perrin and Napoleon Jennings have been preparing for their NFL season <laughs> since they made the Rams cheerleading squad in March. Uh, Both New Orleans and Los Angeles are gearing up to have cheerleaders dance on their squads for the first time. Uh, This will open it up to other teams like Indianapolis and Baltimore. They have stuntmen, but I think that's going to transition into more uh, gender-neutral activities. (laughs) <laughs> Since I'm all about y'all, well y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all so childish. Y'all, y'all are so childish. <laughs> I mean, look, what's, what's wrong with this? I mean, this is no, this is nothing. nothing. I'm yeah, all about free
3: enterprise, man. If that if if, if the marketplace is uh, amenable to that,
0: fine.
4: Well, the world ah, is changing. You know, Scientology is taking over. I mean, at some point there won't even be a sex. According to what people are saying, doesn't <laughs> matter, madam. Si- how we
0: go from?
4: <laughs> I'm, just the I'm, <laughs> just <saying. laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That was some real. Who was Farrakhan's type type stuff you just did right there? Guys, what's, what's the, you know, it's just thing? the way things are headed. It? It's the way things are headed. And there are male cheerleaders, and they're I mean, dancing, and they're doing this now on the high school level. Well, they're allowing them to do majorettes. Yeah. They're at all the dance studios. Why not be on the field?
2: There's always been male cheerleaders. Like, there, there's there's never been a, a time where yeah. there wasn't. Now, the, now, if you're talking about male cheerleaders wearing cheerleader skirts and pom-poms, they're going which, to is, which is kind of the in, insinuation... I don't think that's the case here. Tyson little I don't think that's the case here, but I think it's just like men as cheerleaders performing the stunts, being the base for the pyramids, the kind of stuff they do right now. I I'm, no I'm with that. pretty sure
0: they're going to be a little bit more flamboyant than I'm just holding sure up adorable. the cheerleaders. Let, let's be uh, honest with this. They, be honest. this. they are going to be swinging and swaying and, and, and hip flexing and all that jazz. But, but that's, what, that's what they do. I mean, these, these are the guys that are, are real fancy with their dancing. Uh, we'll call it fancy. I don't think that... I don't think that you can argue for uh, gender equality and not allow these guys to get out there and do what they do. Matter of fact, to me, it's it, outside of the this is almost like the NFL saying, hey, we're progressive. We may not want you kneeling for civil rights, but sure. Let the gays do what they do.
1: Well, but, okay. it, well, assuming we'll that they, just, gay, because that was, like, that was that was, that what's was the assumption. To say that. What's the are. assumption that any dude yeah. that yeah. any dude that dances is gay? Right. That's very well, true. They that's, are that's gay, and, right. it's okay right. and, and
4: it's okay, okay to be. I mean, they are okay,
3: gay, it's okay, and it's okay.
4: They're gay, and
1: it's okay to do so. You
3: know, ninety nine percent of male cheerleaders are
4: likely
0: gay.
1: Yeah, you're doing it. That was a bunch of dudes I went to college with. was were they straight and prancing? No, it, nah, it wasn't. Okay, pass, so it's, but, gonna, it's gonna, gonna be, be a, a bunch, difference. But let me just say this: it's a business that's in, that's entertainment based. I can go to fucking Cirque du Soleil and see a bunch of men dancing. I can go to mm-hmm. uh, Beyonce's concert and see dudes that like. TMI. Like, why you go? What's the difference between <laughs> the difference is the, the, NFL the Absolutely. But yo, you see you see dudes dancing all the time. Like, but you you see My you thing is, why examples. do you why do you care if they're gay? And you're not gay, and you're not attracted to them. Why do you care? Can they dance? Or not? Oh, I is don't, it not entertaining. Right? I, mean, I don't but, care. But let's, but people, but like, let's talk about America. I mean,
0: as, as as your boy said, this is America. Okay, <laughs> there's a certain mindset that's in America right now. We are a homophobic country. Even though we've given rights to well, people, well, and even though Wait, we've I mean, given rights to to the, well, the blacks and the Hispanics like and the women, yeah. we still yeah. do stuff yeah. that is bigoted and, and and misogynistic and homophobic. That is that is who we are in the country. Homophobic. We give rights only to tell you, just because I gave you this right, don't mean you're going to fuck around and, and publicly display this right. And that's what, that's what it is. Crazy so when thing. you say, what's the problem with it? Uh, obviously, there's no problem with it for a progressive person. But how many NFL...
2: Patrons are that progressive. Not, not many. Paying problem- attention to cheerleaders. Yeah. Too cheerleaders in right? NFL sure. is a dumb concept. Anyways, like I, I've never. Yeah. But no, no it's, why it's not man. dumb. They have a they There's a, there's a demand want? for it. No, I'm gonna tell you something. I've been in NFL <laughs> games. I don't even know where the cheerleaders are doing. Doing halftime. Doing timeouts. I am looking I, at uh, you, choir boy. Bro. I'm looking at That's Facebook different. I'm looking yeah. at fantasy football league. take my other scores. I'm checking the stats. I'm not caring about cheerleaders. Listen, I'm listen. Listen, I I'm don't not about discriminating games, no against
3: way. anyone, but there's a difference between equality of interest and equality overall. like just because I'm open to a male being a cheerleader doesn't mean I want to see that shit personally. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want I want to I, if I want to see it, they want to see the girls shaking their ass. I'm just going to be real. So, so that's what I'm going to real. So what, what about in?
4: the gay you men? They don't get a chance to No, I'm to saying it's cool. A with a I'm just saying, it. as
3: far as my dollars being a vote for me. But for what man about dances? the
4: gay dollars? They don't, they ain't
3: worth No, it. that's mm, not mm. gay, you're gay making, dollars. You're making a false argument. I'm not arguing that gay people's like dollars don't matter. I'm saying, me, my dollars matter as
0: well. Are you going to stop watching? No, first of all, I'm not getting a so I'm not watching any of them. Let's be clear. All dollars matter. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they're gay dollars. At the end of the day, NFL is saying, as long as it doesn't take away from our revenue stream, we're going to let it happen. Now what they've done is actually open up a can of worms because if they see a drop off, they can't go back on it because sure, it's going to yeah. make them know sure, sure. not sure. they 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 well, They'll
4: just restrict and regulate what can be done on go. the field the day it is. That's what they'll do. They can, they, they can yeah. do yeah. It. They're going to be the superior. Somebody's got to make the team. They'll just it. say,
1: you didn't make it. Right. You good and, and just remember,
2: you kind of hit upon it earlier, that this is really just don't look at these guys kneeling. This is don't talk about that no more. Let's talk about gay guys dancing on the field if they are gay. I mean, that's really all it's about.
0: Okay, man, I love everybody, man. Get money. And we'll leave it with that. Get money. (laughs) Get money. Moving on. And as we move on, we're going to start to get a little bit more serious. Um, The other day on the news, uh, Fox uh, correspondent Laura Ingram made some really interesting remarks. She had a whole segment where she was talking about our country, Tis of the... Uh, this sweet land of liberty, in which she said, in major parts of the country, it does it does seem that America, that the America we know and love, doesn't exist anymore. Massive demographic changes have been foisted on the American people, and their changes that none of us ever voted for, and most of us don't like. The former Grand Wizard David Duke went retweeted her, saying, "Yes." Uh, one of the most important truthful monologues in the history of MSM. People are touting this as w- the almost the, the 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 visage of white nationalism incarnate being spouted on Fox News. I can't find anything that she said that I can find where it disagrees with that particular notion. She came back and said, "Hey." Um, What I said wasn't meant to be about race. I don't know how you can talk about the changing demographics of America and not have that be about race, especially when you saw the montage that was sitting in back of her uh, showing uh, the wall. I mean, everything about it screamed, this type of person is not who we voted for to be in our America that's changing into a demographic that doesn't include us. How do we get past? I mean, it's... Are we are we at the point right now where overt racism is just back again?
3: Yes, and thank thankfully, I'm glad. I, I don't know why everybody's trying to drive the racists underground. Why y'all trying to get Ingram off the, off the television? I want her to be unabashed about her position and the position that's held by a lot of a lot of America, a lot of my coworkers, a lot of our friends. So-called. Why are y'all doing that? Listen, I love the truth. I, I let me know whose business, not the patron. I, I love it. I don't want you to drive Laura Ingram off the, off the, off the air. I don't know why we're being so sensitive. This is not. This is not. It's racist because the, the, of, of where it comes from, but this is, the girl, this is, girl is not. Said, shut up and dribble. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. It's not inherently racist, but it's racist in the context. I think it's no, no, no. It's, it's not inherently racist. It's, it's an observation and it's a fact. There are a lot of Americans, as evidenced by the fact that Donald Trump got elected, who don't like the demographic shift that we talked about. But right? Isn't that is that fact. inherently racist? No, when you're saying because that we don't. Just want. because we want Harlem to stay black doesn't mean we're racist. That's
4: it. amen? <laughs> Check so me!
3: Got, got him, bro! Let's keep it real. I can't argue with that
4: let's someone. keep it real. Because Everything that's about race is not racist. Hold we on, what you, you saying, Allie? We have black pride, and I feel that they should be able to say whatever they want to say, because when it comes down about black people, I'm going to say what I want to say. So why censor them? Because I don't want to be censored. Well, no
0: one's saying censor them. What we're saying well, is quit acting like what you're doing isn't what you're doing. She's she's going around. You say it. You throw it out there. Say these racially charged Who uh, said uh, comments. Who
4: the, the
0: words said it for I, I, I her. She, she is upset.
4: The black person is powerful. White folks are afraid of us. They've always kept us. She's not, not even she talking about black people. She, talking she is talking about colored folks. Hey, yo, you so, but leave but, them, but
3: they this they is more. They're on they they something else.
4: Uh, She's talking about colored folks as a whole, (laughs) and you have to understand the white man. They're not as fast, they're not as swift, they're not as smart, they're not as strong. Not inherently, Jesus. at least. <laughs> I <don't> want everybody <laughs> I mean, to know, I, I do not endorse those, you know, those you know, comments. You know who you
0: sound like? Rod does not endorse The those white those man comments. who said, you oh. know, those black folks, they, they got a twitch <laughs> that makes them a little bit faster. But they, can't, but they can't read, they can't think, they're oh, just no, beasts yeah, of burden. Read, That's exactly read. what, but you sound like, just like, the, you are the reverse I hate to even say this term because, so uh, it. but it's reverse don't, 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 racism, don't. you know. <laughs> it
2: it, it like is. I mean, it is. First of all, nah.
0: but I will say, your comments. Can we, can we at least say reverse bigotry? We, because if you argue that racism is oppression, then yes, we can't be racist. Because if the under, underlying argument is that racism equals oppression, obviously. But it's definitely reverse bigotry. No,
4: it's not. It's, it's, it's pride for one's own self. And that's why you can't get upset for this. You sound like a white nationalist. They can feel the way <laughs> that they want to feel. You allow them to feel that they're the best. Because I feel that black people are the best. Right, so why should we take that away from them? If they want to feel pride about who they are...
2: Well, I'm let gonna, them say. Uh, I mention uh, question this what you just said, just as a kind of a segue. Uh, if we are the best, then we we are the We're best. The best. And you Don't let anybody think you're the best when you are the best. You know, you don't want the second place think they won first. If you're first place, you're first person you announce it. Now, to Ingram's comments, they may be racist, but they sound more nationalist to me, which that's, which which that's, which that's walks which which, ve- which walks the very very tight line of racism, but. Kind of piggybacking on what Rod said, you could be black and still feel the same way that Ingram felt. You don't have to. You don't I have disagree. to. You don't have to just be white. Now she may have been targeting uh, the white community against the brown community, but you don't have to be white to feel what she said. I think Not it's more. Said. I think so, it's more nationalist. I think it's more her uh, attack on a in culture. And not so much just more brown people, but the culture in that minority's brain.
0: So now that I've had a chance to, to, to ponder what uh, Dr. Singleton said, I have a retort for that. And, and it comes uh, in, by way of what Damon also said just now, which is there is a difference between black pride and white nationalism. Because with black pride, that is a sense of us trying to find a place in this, in this, in this uh, country. It is us actually protecting ourselves from the damage that's been done, saying, you know what, we have been, our, our psyche has been beaten down, so we actually have to do some intrinsic motivation and say, for, for, for several hundred years, we were told that we were less than. No, 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 sir, you are more than the less than. So that's what I consider to be black pride versus this white nationalism that says, we don't want you here unless you are doing something for us in a manner of subservience. Well, those are two, hold on, those are two different, those are two different types of mantras. White nationalism is saying we're good without you and we don't want you here for any other reason other than to serve us. Black, black pride is saying we've been subjugated for so long we want to be included. One is exclusive, one is inclusive. And just because you say something like, well, what about people in Harlem wanting to have an all black Harlem? The difference is we've never had anything in America that was progressively our own. So yes, we want the opportunity because we were shut out of white America to have something. If you didn't want us, then let's let's be inclusive to our own. Because I can guarantee you right now, if black people, black people wouldn't have an issue with brown people coming in, they wouldn't have an issue with progressives I'm coming serious. in, uh, but they do have an issue with a, the type of people who have been pervasively invasive coming into the situation. No, the, the one
3: hole in your argument is we, we argue and talk about white people as if there's some monolith, right? You know, they, white people. You know, white people didn't include the Irish at one point, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they have enclaves within the cities. In any, any city you go to, they had to fight for recognition, fight for equal rights as well, right? So why why do we give black? Why are you giving us this particular pass or this caveat when you're not giving it to other people in this so-called monolith of white people? Your argument doesn't stand up when you when you look at it like that. There's there's no white people really until they you know they unify, and, you know they find common ground, right? But you know, what's your what should we talk to that?
0: That white that we don't find common ground with them. No, 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 you missed it. See, I knew what you were doing. Let me, let me. So, me, so I apologize because I'm it. trying to multitask. Yeah, I, I know, here. I know.
3: And I, you, you, I got you. you did this on purpose, too. No, I didn't. Go I, ahead, say it again one more time. I just said that white people aren't a monolith. You had, you've had segments of white society who have been disenfranchised. You have segments who have been oppressed. The Irish comes to mind, right? Okay. And so you have different ethnicities within this umbrella of whiteness. We 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 conceive of as a as a monolith. Gotcha. And if you're talking about you know it being different for white people versus us because. We are fighting to preserve something that we have in a society that t- tries to take everything away from us. Well, you can say the same thing for other demographics within the white community
0: as well. So it doesn't hold up. I don't really think you can because at the end of the day, when you, w- let's talk about the, the the progress of white America as they as they transfer themselves over here. You had this Puritan class that first came in here and did what they did. They had a they, it was a homogenous society of Puritanism. Then all of a sudden you had the Italians come in. You had some Jewish people come in. You had the Irish. Come in. So at one point you had the Irish saying, Hey, I don't want these Italians over here in my particular neck of the woods, and uh and vice versa, on the other side. But then all of a sudden, when more groups started to come in, different factions start to get band together and say, Well, we're at least better together than that. this, saying the Jews coming in and saying, Well, hey, we may not we may not all be Italian or we may not all be uh, uh Irish, but we're certainly not Jews. So Now we've banded together against them. And then as another group comes in, well, let's bring these African slaves over here. Surely we're better than them. So as white groups had to, they formulated cohesiveness within their individual demographics. At no point were blacks ever included in that. At no point were Hispanics ever included in that. If you weren't Anglo-Saxon American, then you went from us being divided to we're stronger together because we all look the same. We all at least come from a European background, so it's not going to be the same. Black people don't have that kind of Um, 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 Well, not even the. I'm not talking about our our own. That's a whole different issue. I'm talking about we don't have an end to that secret society because we are the most removed from the homogeneity of European American. Yeah,
1: but so here's what I think. If you let's step away from race for just a second. In every society, you can look at India, where everybody looks the same. Power always looks for somebody to subjugate and to keep power away from. They have a class system, right? Mm-hmm. they got a caste system where if you were born in a certain caste, you can't rise above that. If you look at white people in America and Europe, uh, people who, by whether by violent means or whatever, who have power always try to hold on to it. If you look at, at countries in Africa, everybody looks the same, but the people in power find somebody, another tribe or somebody, to, to other, to make the other that are coming to take their place. You hear white nationalists scream, the Jews will not replace us when they march. Like, it's, I think it's more about power dynamics and people who have power, especially white people in this country, when they look at, okay, the demographics are shifting. If the demographics shift, that means there are going to be more of them. If there are more of them, then they can do things like elect officials and people who hold those offices then control things. They control purse strings, they make different laws, and that's when they lose power. So I think there are a lot of people who... Are inherently looking at other people as I don't like that person because they're black white or whatever but I think for in this country they're more concerned about the power and what they're going to lose. And it's not really a race. I, mean, it's it's a symbi-
0: I think it's a symbiotic it's, relationship yeah. between the two. Because you have on one side, obviously, they are afraid. And, and we've we've heard white nationalists say this, saying, well, they're taking our jobs. They're right. taking our land. <laughs> Let's assume for it's a second that it's I've theirs heard. to it begin been? with. But the, the problem, the, the question for them is, well, what about me? What happens when you give more to them? In order to give more, there has to be less going to somebody. Yeah, but you and hear that's that, the
1: question. You hear that at every level. You hear... You hear black people, when Mexican people yeah. who will work cheaper and harder take away labor jobs, saying they're gonna come here. You know, they'll come here and they'll they'll work for half of what you work for, and you don't have mm-hmm. to. They're picking cucumbers. I don't see just, none
3: of us in line. If you hop, to in the field, and, or I mean, but any I mean, any labor job. But yeah.
1: if you think about it, it's always somebody looking at another that are coming that's coming to take something from us. As we move on to the next part of this topic, uh, Ali, what are your thoughts on this?
4: I mean.
0: I didn't mean to put you on the spot if you don't want to no, talk about No,
4: it's okay. That. My thought process is, I mean, I believe that I said originally exactly what they're saying. Of course, you have to put someone beneath you. But at the end of the day, you put down those like who you don't want to conquer you. That's and if they're a threat, you you bat them down. And so that is what is being done. Mm,
0: so I mean, so white people are being backed into this corner. <laughs> this is the only way for can them I to get fight the la- like one, one
1: last thing, okay. though, Laura Ingram specifically. There was another stat that came out today that said, like, some upper ninety percent of Fox viewers are white people. She was she was speaking to the people that watch her. Like, that's you know the message that, that they they give out. Uh, well, I hear what you're saying, but we're gonna
0: move on to the the black. Well, I'm not gonna call her the black Laura Ingram. She's just a black woman who is to be feared and respected, and is also very very much hated, which is a uh, Amarosa uh, Um And and you just said who, and that's a good question because I actually have that same question, but Omarosa uh, has been real relevant in the last several days. She has uh, done several things. One, she's come out and said that uh, she's heard firsthand uh, recordings of President Trump using the N-word. This was after her time in office and somebody said as she's uh, promoting her book, hey, I got some information for you. So she's actually heard it. Uh, She's also uh, made the claim and actually has put out some uh, recordings saying that hey, um, here's some information to share with you. She was fired by Gen- General General uh, uh, Con was it Conway, uh, and and he said, look, this is my this is my my arena. I'm Chief of Staff. You don't have any business here. Uh, the President doesn't have any sway over this decision. She then. Uh, Uh, displayed a recording where President Trump was on the phone with her acting in disbelief about her being fired saying I had no idea hate to see you go then the president tweets out later saying this is a wacky woman, she's not smart, Uh, she should have never been here in the first place, or not that she should have never been here but she's showing her true colors to us, yada 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 Um, Omarosa has basically said she's declaring war on the White House and she's about to blow uh, everything out the water. She has said that Trump is more of a puppet and that there are other people that are pulling the strings yeah. and that he actually no, doesn't knows. know what goes on and everybody else runs the White House. Omarosa got a lot of flack for joining the White House to begin with. We already knew who she was. She was a three-time celebrity apprentice, uh, apprentice and celebrity apprentice uh, uh, personality She's always been in your face, outspoken, well spoken, but black people have tended to not like her disposition. Is she a villain? Is she a victim? Is she a little bit of both?
2: Uh, I just want to. I just want to take this time to say I had this exact debate with somebody at work. Uh, I know personally. So, Miss Nicole Dix, I know you're watching right now. <laughs> Please let us know your feelings about Omarosa because we talked about this today, and I would love to repeat and debate with you on air about what she said.
3: So. Is, you familiar with the movie, The Spook That Sat By The Door?
2: No, you know, I not It's about the black CIA, the black agent
3: that got into the CIA, and the whole time they tried to give him these menial jobs, but he sat at the door and just basically watched how they moved, and then he came and brought the information back to the black community. Okay. So, as much as you detest Omarosa personally, right, I don't really care for a lot of things she does, but she's a very intelligent woman. She, 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 she makes it happen. I've seen her defend herself against some of the most avid liberals, and she's destroyed some of them on principle. So, I don't believe really, she's not my flavor. She's not my cup of tea. But I appreciate the fact that she has this firsthand information from her, somebody who he's a spouse to trust, someone who he's endorsed. And now that's coming back to bite him in the ass. Now we have this incontrovertible evidence that will suggest that he's everything that we think he is. This is valuable information. I don't see why anybody. Why, why are we always. We, our problem is black people. We are too emotional. We don't, we don't play chess. We need this information. We need her. She was a valuable asset to us. If we look at it that way, we don't have to like her. Well, the information she's bringing back to us is very useful. I don't
2: what, understand why. For what purpose?
3: Because it's one thing to assume that Donald Trump is an o- overt racism, racist, right? You can some people can hide behind his policy, say, well, the ostensible purpose was this. But even though it has the effect of discriminating certain people, when you hear that he calls people nigger straight up, you hear that you know he directly contradicts himself. You know he's not mentally stable. All the things he's saying it corroborates what we already know, what we thought we knew. Is this she's somebody who was credible and who's giving us information that basically?
1: This isn't
2: going to change anybody's opinion about Trump. If you I, if you already know Trump's a racist, this is not going to make you say, "Oh, I already know," and now I really know he's a racist. And if you don't think he's a racist before, this won't change your mind now.
0: So sometimes it's not about the majority of the liberals. It's sometimes getting some of those minority conservatives to say, "You know what?
2: Maybe we have backed the wrong horse, that, and maybe it's time for us to happen. get off of that." If you if you supported Trump and you have still supported Trump to today, then you you support the man. Then that's just it. And tr- I watched I, I, I watched a. I, yes, watched, a, I watched a. a I watched a show on CNN, and this guy said that if God came down and told him that Ru- Trump colluded with Russia, he would say, "God, hold on, let me go ask Trump." If, yeah, you're but, the, if you're the no, kind no, of but, but no, no, no you but, talk, you're talking about I'm somebody.
1: Seeing if you're talking about somebody who's no, What who I'm saying is, if you already
2: think Trump's a racist, then
1: you think he's a racist. This won't so If you me, don't think
2: he's a racist before,
1: you won't think so now. Let me and I don't. Let and me, I don't. Let me, let me, let me jump in because I, I got to say this. I'm surprised to hear a lawyer say that because y'all lawyers say all the time, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. If this woman has proof, I don't give a damn about who she gets on TV and talks to. She's talking to the people that are going to shift the election, whether or not this man gets to continue to be president, are people who are on the borderline, people who are moderates. He's going to have his camp. There are people who are going to be in the other camp. you got to worry about the people who are borderline, the same people who had that choice to make last time and said, well, it's the lesser of two evils. I'll go ahead and pick him. Some of those people are gonna be concerned whether or not this man uses those words in the setting, what kind of person he is, is he mentally stable, is he gonna stand by, like, there are white people who voted for him, who've lost their jobs and thought they were gonna keep their jobs. This is important information, like, I agree with Rod. You can't just you can't just throw it away and say, oh, we knew he was right, yeah, we did, he's an opportunity. off, off top, is. but there are a lot of people who don't know that, and if you can have something that says, I have concrete evidence, there are a lot of people that that's gonna make a difference to. Is what I'm saying, I, 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 I... I'm not saying throw it away. I'm not
2: saying don't use it. I'm not saying it's not relevant. What I am saying is, if at this stage in the game, you still don't think Trump's racist, nothing will convince you. You're not the moderate conservative. All right? If you're the kind of person right now who doesn't think Trump's a racist, nothing will convince you. Short on Trump coming out saying, I'm a fucking racist and I don't like X, Y, Z people. He says that, you will agree to it. If he says it out his own mouth. Unless he makes her own self-admission confession and and not something but of it's, evidence,
1: but not just
4: But he's but honestly, I mean, I don't feel that Trump's a racist. And even after Omarosa's little ploy, I still don't think he's a racist. <laughs> At the end you are of
0: the day, Damon's opinion. Uh, I'm um, a racist.
4: I second that because I'm telling you, if, at the end of the day, allegedly, it? I think she slept with Trump. house. Can you, do, what, can so you she define she's a racist? So, you did, so now we're just
0: going to put she's out some a Allegedly, man I'm, just black candy candy. I'm just I'm I would, a woman and I'm just
4: working
3: in a white house. So I would love for you to define what race a
0: racist is. Because if you, if a white a person racist? saying nigger ain't racist, then I don't know what no, it no, is. No, no,
4: no. Let me explain something to you. White people are allowed to use the word nigger just like I can use the word honky. I call oh, them crackers, honkies, all types of stuff. And if you look at my Facebook page, more than half my friends are white. I grew up in Cyber. I'm quick to call somebody a cracker or a honky. So All the time. I'm not racist. It's
0: about those things. A lot
4: of my closest friends are white and they know it. So
0: you would have hey, no problem crackles. with a white person saying, hey, Dave. No, I
4: don't. Uh-huh. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Please do. Because I think i Not only do we. Not only do we use the word but you have to see what context they're using that word in i know plenty of white people Uh. that have said nigger this and nigger that and they're not racist they're big so if i I didn't ask you to
3: tell me what's not racist tell me what is a racist because let me explain if a a tree tree, year after year bears pears on that tree on those limbs it's essentially a pear tree right no let me so if if the if the if the actions this lead just to a, a racist concert. That's what happens to me. put out
2: pears. Yeah. Apple shaped pears. That tastes yeah. like pears.
4: A racist white person is a white person that will have nothing to do with the colored on any level. They're not going to hire a colored. They're not going to be photographed with a colored. They ain't going to hug a colored. They ain't going to kiss a colored. And they darn sure not going to sleep with a colored allegedly. Like okay. Donald Trump what is that doing. Is that so just means Thomas he Jones? is... Hold on. Hold on.
0: Now let me, let me, let <laughs> me, let me stretch no, here. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Let her I want finish. you to finish. I'm going to let you finish.
4: When you're racist and I've met, I've been to school with racist kids. I hate the racist ones. Ooh. They won't deal with me on any level at all they denounce it they don't want to be seen they don't want you touching them don't sit next to them they ain't gonna sit at the table and nigga and say that they ain't gonna eat from a spoon and nigga and ate from they're different they want nothing to do with but those are that honestly you can't say someone's racist if they're not like that. But you can't. No, you can't. And, and Rapha-
0: oh, wow. Raphael says it best. Raphael McCary That's just said uh, there are shades of racism. So what you just described was the varying shades of racism, and not only the varying shades of racism, but the varying varying uh, overtness of racism, the, the varying shades of how much I really hate you. Some people can tolerate a black person, but still not want you around them in their social circle. You can't tell me that the same people that you're talking about are the same people that would say, you know what, Mammy, uh, I have Mammy here every day, I just love Mammy, and Mammy will be the only person that's allowed in that household because Mammy serves a purpose. If you don't serve a purpose for a white person with that type of mentality, then guess what, they don't want you in their lives. When a person can say to you, oh, nigger this, nigger that, and and laugh with you, they are laughing not with you, but at you to say, ha ha, I am allowed to say this in front of this person, and this fool doesn't even know that I am saying this shit against her and not with her. Never have I, I have. ever had a white person yeah. come up to me and say nigger and mean it in the friendliest of terms. I'm just gonna, gonna file her under ridiculous stuff.
4: Why? This, this,
0: that, that, I'm just gonna
3: move on with that. I, I am listen, from the
4: backwoods. I am I, I know. I am from Saipan. I'm from the sticks. Okay. <laughs> excited, <bro>. I
0: thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you are from you are from white America. In a
4: sea of white, uh, in a sea of white, I was a speck of black. I can tell you the racist ones. I'm telling you. You don't want to listen to me. I mean, yeah. Well, so, you, basically, so basically, what I you're saying is that I you were the token. You were the
0: token who was allowed to be there. You were the one who who school. substantiated. Oh, we got us a black. I have a black friend. I have one black that I can. Around, oh Allie, she's cool. i every time I walk around another black person, I'm gonna clutch my pearls and clutch
1: my purse, hey, but but, but so, Allie, that's a good nigga right bro. there. Let, let me let me let me just let can I go to one thing though? Because I'm following I'm following that under ridiculous Yeah, you think but you. here's here's the crux for me. I don't care if Donald Trump is racist or not. I don't care, I don't care if he was married to a, a black woman. If you, as the president, CEO, whatever you want to be of this country enact policies and things in this country that are racist in nature. That's what I care about. You ain't got to like me. Because there's there's going to be people that don't like us and don't like black people or whatever. But if you enforce policies and put things in place that allow racist things to happen, that's what I care about. Because nope, I, I don't, you know, that doesn't matter to me. I don't care. If you don't want to be my friend, cool. I don't want to be yours either, you know. But I don't. I don't care if he's racist or not. If he's not racist, great. But his policies are. All right, exactly. So that's the last word on
0: that. We, we, we're going to come back to this race issue because we also have to talk about interracial relationships. I need to take a break from it because my, my cholesterol is going up just thinking about this shit. Uh, let's take a moment, go over to some tech stuff. And we're talking about Snapchat dysmorphia. Uh, essentially what that means is people that use filters. Uh, you got Snapchat filters, all these new filters that come out. They, you know, they smooth out your face. They give you dog ears. They, they plump up your eyes. They do all these things—lips, eyes, all those things—they're c- cosmetic in nature for a visual effect. So much so has it been going on that doctors are now calling it a disorder to always need it, and people are now acting on the te- technological visual. And putting it in their lives and going to the doctor and saying, hey, I want to look like this because I want to look more like my Snapchat filter. Quite honestly, I don't see this as being any different uh, than the same type of dysmorphia that we've all dealt with. It's just the newest age of technological um, uh, um, self-abuse and and lack of self-confidence. Are we, is this something that we need to be afraid of at this point? Is this something that, uh, I mean, is this too shall pass, or we are just really turning into a society where at the end of the day in 2025 or 2040, we won't even look like our regular selves anymore. So
3: like most things in the media, I don't agree that this is sensationalism. I was just talking to some folks last week about how I have not seen a natural photo of a black woman in the last... <laughs> Two years. Like, ever since Snapchat filters came out, you know the one with the bunny ears and the yeah, doll yeah, baby yeah, eyes, well, yeah. and the little freckles and shit? Now now they now they get so 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 slick with it. And they gonna, they gonna uh, Photoshop the ears out and kinda leave just the eye like they got some natural like, you know, doll baby eyes and shit. This shit is terrible. Now this is just another iteration of like so I love the black women. I'm unapologetic about that shit.
1: No no, no, but that's all I
0: care about. So but we got to be fair and say that, that this is across the board. This is yeah, across the sure. board, right?
3: But I'm still waiting for black women to get back to black features, and now we got this to deal with too.
2: You got to go to DC for that. Home I job. know man, I, I'm, I'm hurting, bro. Uh, personally, I, I don't care and I'm, I'm, I'm more curious. Uh, is there an ethical consideration for like, let's say doctors, uh, if you were doing um, plastic surgery, and, and somebody comes in with this kind of nonsense, and I'm, I'm asking you, Rod, is there an ethical consideration that you have as a doctor to say, okay, this is a bridge too far, or can you be like, fuck it you, pay it, you pay for it, you get it?
3: Listen, I'm an emergency doctor. If you're not dying from something, I don't care what you do. That's a plastic surgeon's purview. But you have to say the ethical considerations. No, hard, I don't. If listen, if you're not going to harm <laughs> to yourself, others, and you can perform your daily activities of life, you are allowed to be crazy as shit.
1: Yeah, but I think some, some, we have seen people that go crazy with plastic surgery, but I think a lot of times uh, doctors who perform plastic surgery will make people go through some type of psychological evaluation. Make sure you think about it. But at the end of the day, people, before Snapchat, people used to take pictures of whoever, whatever the hot mm-hmm. actress was, they would take that into the doctor's office and say, make me look like this, make me look like Kim Kardashian, whoever it is. So I think it's more I think it's more a matter. Now, it's probably on a larger scale now because more um Women, girls, and and men. So I don't want to just put this on a, on females because a lot of men do the same thing too. There are filters for everything. You know, there's a lot of men are your, out here filtering. The, yeah, I guess I don't see that. I don't there's, see that. There's honestly. filters that just do things like make your skin look smoother, make your eyes pop a little bit. Like there are, there are filters that are more than just the dog ears and the bunny ears. There's technology that can make make your picture. If you got a Samsung phone, when you take a selfie, it'll smooth your skin out. And just that alone can make somebody be like, "Well, shit, I need to go." So when I go out in public, my skin will be smooth like that. I need to go see a dermatologist. So I think there are, there are lots of, of factors coming to play. I think it's most concerning for young people.
0: So here, here's my question because I, I'm not gonna dis, I'm not going to discount what you said about uh, men doing it as well. Obviously, I don't believe that they do it in in near the numbers no, that women do it. So. That yeah. being said, do you think that men hold some responsibility for not being Infusing women with the confidence to not need the filters, we've nah, almost created. No, that's, that's, I'm nah, at, nah, hold on, nah, this is nah, the question: nah, nah, have, nah, have we not? Have we not? Have we not contributed to the dysmorphia no, by no, saying no. that there is a certain standard that no, we want? No, we talk no. about women.
2: No. All Absolutely the time,
0: not. damn! Shut up, shit. You're wrong. We talk about women all the time <laughs> yeah. in terms of their physical features. Men are always the first to criticize and say, "Hey, I need you to look like this, woman, baby. I need you to do this. I need you." To do that. Bro, ain't nobody asking
1: nobody man, to put no damn bunny no, here, man,
0: Any woman who I love can call up right now, text right now, actually, if
1: bunny. I
3: ever. Ever, ever in life, not encouraging them to be natural as they possibly right? most, the way they most, were born. Most, that's anecdotal though. No, it's not. That's anecdotal. No, no. I'm just saying, like, so like are you talking about? We, we, black men are not all fostering this environment where black women have to have to become something that they're not. I think it's the opposite. At least in my circle. Let, let's great. also
2: not reduce women to some class of idiots that were like, hey, hey, you look good with this, with this shit in your face. Go do it, and they go do it. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Brendan, and I, I, I get what your point. I get what you're trying to get at. My response is no. I mean, if, if you want to do it, male or female, you want to do I it. I think
0: we're not holding ourselves accountable for the role but, we but, play.
2: But, but there's no role we play. We, we women are controlling their bodies. If, you, if a woman or a man wants to go Snapchat, filter themselves via plastic surgery, it's not responsive for the other sex. But well, there's, I, a, there's a
0: but psychological not? component to this as well. We all know that there are, there are unconscious and subconscious psychological components. If someone is always telling you you look a certain way that's negative in its connotation, then guess what? What do you go do? You try to change that. So women, women aren't just... Getting weaves just because they're they're multi it's oh, multi it's multifactorial, Thank but you. one of those factors is because we prefer to see the girl with the long hair. We prefer to see the girl with that the smooth face. We prefer to see something. That it's it- yes, you're, I from you I agree.
2: I agree that, that it's sexist. That yeah, I s- like, it's, it's, no, no, no. It, I well, said well, it's
0: well, multifactorial. Well, I but, didn't no, say no, it no, was just a woman. She's a
4: Brennan is absolutely correct. Well, be, you know I mean, women are pumping cement and 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 tire flat in their butts right now. You know why? Uh uh-uh. uh. Because the black man I like big butts and I can not I mean that's where it started. And then every other song that's out talks about it. Listen. the coke bottle curves and then this and the long hair and the Beyonce and the lighter skin and Let's the bleaching see. and they're and doing all in this awful
0: position because now I have to side with you, but I'm afraid to. No, uh, Ali. So i We can't. We can't rebut. No, go ahead and rebut. I mean, this is a woman talking, so rebut the woman on the woman's viewpoint. So Absolutely. listen,
3: I don't. First of all, I think it's, I think it's also patriarchal and it's sexist and misogynist to suggest that women. Can't wear weaves or wear whatever they want to wear, right? But my thing is when it's when it's under when what underlies that is a is a is a is a psychological kind of like you know you know kind of thing. Then that's when I have to find it problematic. And my thing is, you know, black men men are held to certain expectations as well. Like everybody want the dude with the nine inch dick or blah 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 like the rappers be talking about. Every man ain't going out dog, and pumping semen in his dick, right? Like I mean, it's not. We, you got to have some accountability though everything that the, the women do is not on men stop
0: keeping I didn't I didn't say that if you, if you recall I said multifactorial you got women you got women literally sitting that's here saying, one woman. no this is another <laughs> Nicole Dixon said men have to, men have to accept their part in this issue women are enhancing themselves to gain the attention of men I don't think that that's I don't think it's I don't think it's a whole I don't think that's the whole argument obviously women compete against each other for for certain viable uh, uh places in in the social strata, but there is something to be said about men creating this view of women that women try to live up to.
1: I mean I, I don't see how you can argue. How many times that. have you gone well, up with your let, let me say this though. So and Nicole is, you know, for the attention of men, I would say a certain kind of men. But I'd also say this. When you hear women who talk about each other, how many how many men where where do you get but your edges ain't this or your, your hair looks like this. That's the women say to each other. Exactly. got on. You got, this on you got again, that on. I didn't say like, it's a it's, it's, it's a multifactorial problem. No, You, you hear a ton of no edges. You hear a ton of nah. you hear no a ton Absolutely. Of I, a ball so I much. Much. She but, did ball head. But
0: y'all create these no edges too. Y'all no put no head all head that hair. shit. You got some shit in your head right now. I bet you probably ball headed underneath because you don't have No,
4: I'm not. Actually, I have a very good hairdresser and you got to let your hair breathe listen, okay. so, you got to use the right uh,
1: product. There's a there's a good comment here because I think this plays a part. Tony Burns says that My social dog. social media also plays a role. And so when you when, um, talk about women getting stuff pumped into their bodies and changing their bodies, there's also now a, a whole market for that. If you're on Instagram and you have a million followers because somebody likes the way that you look, there's money in that too. So I think that's the attention. So we might be talking about attention from a dating perspective, but I think some of them are looking for attention that... Like, yo, if if somebody with no talent can just be fine and get a whole bunch of money, why can't I do that, too? All right, so I know you
0: fellas want to talk more about this. So what we're going to do is uh, have some B-roll come out after the show, and we'll do some more talking on it. And then we'll have some of you, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you have some issues on this, address them with us, because I think there might be a couple of blogs coming out about this issue coming up next week. Uh, But I want to move forward because we got too much to talk about to stay on this one subject. Uh, Atlanta... There's a, a charter school in Atlanta that has said they are going to give up uh, having students uh, stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of the day. They said maybe it, uh, during a, another portion of the day they'll allow uh, students to do it. But they have seen a shift and more and more students are not standing up and doing the Pledge of Allegiance. This is an interesting point I've always thought about, even growing up, uh, this whole Pledge of Allegiance to the country. There's, and there's two two things I want to kind of dissect with this. One, um, Just just in general, should a citizen have to be born into allegiance to a country uh, saying that you have to be patriotic? And the second part of that is um, if you don't feel like your country is doing what you think it should be doing for you as a citizen, should you still then be
2: forced to pledge this allegiance? I don't know of any school that forces a Pledge of Allegiance, uh, and even when I was growing up, certain religious, um, uh, Jehovah's Witness wouldn't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance, and they were they were exempted for, from it. Um, but I think you should still say the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with national pride. Now, like any form of pride, when you take it too far, it becomes wrong. Man pride, black pride, nationalism. When you take it to the next level, you lose it, and then you create a monster, but you know, being proud of your country and, and saying a pledge of allegiance to your country isn't saying you give over your soul to this country. It's not saying you give over everything you have to it. it you just pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And, and, and it is a show of patriotism, a show of pride. There's nothing really wrong with that. So I, 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 I'm not saying you, you have to, by virtue, be forced to do it. It's always a choice but you should be given the opportunity to. um, And if you decide at your school or at your job or what have you that you don't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance, you should not be forced to do it. But if you want to, you should be allowed to do so. We deal with too many externals, man. Do you even remember? did, did, Did saying the
3: Pledge of Allegiance make you feel more patriotic? Because I don't, I don't recall it ever imbu- imbuing in me some kind
0: and of... that's indoctrination. I mean, it's supposed yeah. to be subtle for you.
3: I know it's supposed to be subtle, but I mean, how many of you guys... I mean, I'm just saying, like, what is the effect, though? What are we concerned about? You you, do, you
0: actually do do it because when, when you go to the next country, oh, I'm American. Man, you see, you I'm not we, a we, American. We are always... It. But, oh, okay. uh, again, anecdotal... Uh, we're talking about the general American goes out there, we, we feel this, that we're always told America's the best, America's the strongest, America's the smartest, America, America, America. So when we get, when you, I'm sure you have spoken to people who have this ideolo- ideological uh, uh, mainframe of saying that, uh, of course, Americans are the smartest people out there, when we actually are at oh, the, at the me- medium of, of educa- educational advance. Globally, So yes, it's there in terms of this nationalistic pride that we have for America, which is ironic because we're indoctrinated even as minorities to have pride in being American, but also remember your place as an American. There's
1: nothing
2: wrong with having pride in being American in, in whatever country you're from. If you are American, if you're uh, Mexican, if you're Nigerian, there's nothing wrong with having that pride in your, in your, in your national origin. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see any fault with it, and yes, sometimes I do feel happy and patriotic when I say the Pledge of Allegiance or sing the National Anthem or sing the Texas Anthem. That's because repetition so, is so.
1: the mother of learning. The more you say something, the more mm-hmm. it's getting gray, whether you, feel, you start feeling it because you keep saying it. Well, so
0: we're going to move on because uh, we, we all know that there are issues with pride in this country uh, on both sides. Uh, to quote somebody, um, suicide has been an issue, uh, and it's it's been rearing its ugly head through celebrities a lot more recently. Or at least we've been uh, hearing about it a lot more. Uh, there was just a person who, a Seattle guy, a Seattle mechanic, stole a plane and crashed it in an island. Uh, the family's des- devastated right now. Uh, this guy uh, purportedly did it as a suicide attempt, a successful suicide attempt. There's another person that went out, uh, uh, he had a domestic issue with his family, got another plane, crashed that plane into the house, uh, purportedly to try to kill himself and the other people that were there. I talk about this particular suicide to say that suicide is an issue. Piggybacking that to assisted suicide. Assisted suicide being where people are terminally ill, or they are dealing with extremely painful issues physiologically, so much to the point that they'd rather die than be in a continuous state of pain and suffering. Uh, There are certain countries that have um, accepted that this is a fact and have encouraged assisted suicide in terms of saying, you know what, we're gonna give you uh, the right tools to assist that suicide in a very humane and controlled environment. America is not there yet. We go all the way back to, what was that, the early 90s, I think, with Dr. Kevorkian, Kevorkian. Kevorkian. Um, where where he was put on trial for murder when all he was doing was supposed to be this angel, so to speak, of death. Um, Is that something that we should be moving forward towards? And, Doc, I'm going to let you talk about that first.
3: Lucky me. Uh, So I got a—I swore a Hippocratic Oath, right? So, but I have opinions. So— I don't think a lot of times it's how we frame the question, right? Assisted suicide oftentimes isn't deciding if somebody dies; it's about deciding how they're going to die. I mean, we mean about putting animals down all the time when they're suffering, and we don't look at it as you know, you know, it's no, we don't look at it as being you know murder to towards animals, for lack of a better word. But um, I think it's society is all about lines and where we establish these lines, right? If we have a patient that's on a ventilator, that they're on life support. A family member can come in if they're their medical decision maker and say, we want, to, we want to take that person off of life support. Now, from a medical legal standpoint, that's no different than deciding not to put them on in the first place. But we all know if there was life-sustaining therapy and we take it away, then you're essentially killing that person. Right. But we, we have, we've established that as an arbitrary line in our society where that is acceptable. I think under the right circumstances, it's inarguable that it's humane to allow someone to die in the way they want to die. I don't really think it's controversial. I think for some people from the religious uh, aspect of that, you know, the whole where there's life, there's hope, they believe that there's always a chance that there's going to be some kind of miraculous turnaround. They might find some kind of uh, issue with that. I'll let, I'll let I'll let Damon talk about that. But from a secular point, I don't see any controversy. Uh,
2: thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, I mean you know, if you promote life, you promote life. Uh, I don't think I have an opinion either way, as far as the suicide goes. Uh, Certainly, I can see the merit if you're suffering and if you are in a lot of pain, to wanting to end your life. Uh, But you are right. There's a part of me that feels like you know you don't know what God has in store for you. You don't know if there is a a, a light at the end of that tunnel that might be there, it might not be. I don't. I don't know. So I don't. I I can't put myself in that circumstance because I'm not in a place. Uh, and luckily for me, no one in my family has been in a place where they've felt the only escape was suicide. And so all I can say is, I mean, I, I, I give out for hope. I always give out that that, that, that there's hope out there to make something better, um, and I think suicide to me is kind of the end of that hope, and it makes me sad.
0: But secular or
2: not, why, why, why should it even matter um,
0: when you talk about the individual why, why shouldn't an individual have the ability to say when their life ends? I mean, that we, t- we talk about all the time, my personal right, it's my body. Uh, we, whether we're talking about abortion, whether we're talking about drug usage, whether we're talking about being in relationships, we always say my body, my right, my whatever. Why should the government have this one caveat to say, uh, we, we're gonna make this illegal for you to do this. Um, if you make that choice, you make that choice. I don't see why Secular or religion should have anything to
2: do with mm-hmm. it. So, because it, I don't know of any, I don't know of any jurisdiction that criminalizes suicide. So, if you try to kill yourself and you fail, I don't know of any place that you it's will get arrested a- for it. No, no, there's a difference. To answer Brittany's question, uh, if you want to kill yourself, you can do so. I don't know anybody that that Let's will stop assist. you. The about that's what I'm getting at. But I think you're asking uh, to answer your question. If you want to kill yourself, you can. The government can't stop that, and they can't punish you for doing so however they can't step in and say no one can help you yes sir. and I and I don't know if I see a fault in that if you want to kill yourself then you do it but allowing other people to step in and say do it this way and we will help you I mean I, I I can see how the government has an inter- the government has
4: an yeah. interest well, that's, absolutely. Not that's, that's, that's
0: not necessarily true well, because, because, because let's let's let, yeah. let Ali, Ali talk on this well, real I'm real just quick.
4: I'm just wondering where you draw the line Brendan. You know what I mean? Like where do you draw the line? Like murder, they're death, dead. Kid. I mean, well they're dead. So are you going to ask them, you know, did you really want to die, you know, when this person assisted you? And so at the end of the day, like where do you draw the line? So no one should be able to assist you if you're going to kill yourself, do it on your own because at the end of the day, who's to say people won't like help people that don't want to be helped? I mean, you can't draw the line there. So that I mean, I think it's just a safe way. Safe way. You, know, safe you know, I mean,
0: surely you can have, have 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 that um, what am I, what am I documentation? Saying? But yeah, yeah. I said there there are ways to they're get around doing... of that and saying. Oh nope, just kill himself. There and, there are guidelines that you could put well, in place. They're to mentally,
4: you know, a lot of people are mentally unstable. See, that's the following. I mean, and so you just can't. I mean, you cannot. Well, if you want to
0: be crazy people. and dead, be crazy and dead. So that's, that's the problem with our,
3: so, so, our societal definitions of insane, making it impossible for yes scenario you talked about to be true because we deem anybody who wants to take their life as having some kind of mental issue. You know. Underlying that, you know, it, for, for the most part, yeah, you can't come. Else. You can't yes. come to the hospital and say, "I want to kill myself," but I'm in my right state of mind, and we're gonna let you go out the door. You're right. We, we're obligated by by law to keep you in the hospital and
2: you're know, detain you. So there's no there's no individual right to kill yourself per se either, because <laughs> suicide is one of those things that kind of go against human nature. Nature uh, nature has made life to want to promulgate and move forward, to act in, in a, <laughs> a way of self interest, and to to say like, you know, I want to kill myself, that kind of goes against human nature, and it makes anybody stand up and say, well, before we, you do this, let's make sure you're not being uh, compelled in some way other than, I, I guess, a genuine desire to kill yourself that's not spurred by mental illness or drugs or coercion. All
0: right, so we've come to the point of the show where, Ali, uh, this is where it is. <laughs> you, you have you have been been, been shining. Uh, but it is your time to truly shine as we talk about the first of our great debate topics, which is interracial relationships. Uh, quite often, uh, we, were, we were given this right to intermarry back in the uh, 1970s. It, was a, it, became a a, it, it became a yeah. constitutional right, Loving v. Smith, v, uh, Loving v. Smith uh, a Supreme Court case that said, hey, uh, you cannot deter or illegally stop somebody's right to interrac- interracially marry in this country. Um there have been a lot of issues as it pertains to the black community and a lot of debate as to the efficacy and the 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 appropriateness of interracial relationships. There are people on on one side that say, you know, uh love who you love. There are other people that say if you're not for us, then ostensibly you're against us. Uh and then there are people like kind of in that middle that say You know, don't go out and try to find someone of the opposite race. But if you do happen to find somebody, by all means, do what you do. Uh, We've talked before and and you've been on social media and have had some pretty outspoken theories on interracial relationships as they pertain to you and as they pertain to black people. I want to give you a chance first before we go into this to kind of give us your take on interracial relationships and where you stand on it.
4: I mean, I'm all for them. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. people have to understand that there are not that many black men that are doing something that are not taken for us to choose from. So at the end of the day, if we have to go outside and, 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 and... (laughs) but so Doctor, and know. add to our pool of men what's the problem? I don't think it's right to live your life as oh, I will never talk to this race because of their race. I mean, is that not racist, Doc? No, it's not racist. Oh, I, okay. you, I, I get that. I get that. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's so like... I'm here like, to play with your roles. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, we can... I mean, I just feel like what? what's the problem? What's the problem with dating outside of your race? What's the problem?
3: Nothing Nothing from a, from a fundamental level, but... Let me ask you this question. If love was truly random and people just love whoever they wanted to, like you propose black people do, why is it then that the most free among us, arguably white men, more than ninety-five percent of the time marry other white women? And every other race follows that similar pattern. I have the fortune I have the fortune of working Society. hold on, I have a fortune of working in a very diverse hospital and in a very diverse city. And I have a lot of Indian friends, I have a lot of Pakistani friends, I have a lot of Nigerian friends, and invariably these people preferentially date within their race and no one has a problem with that but when a black person decides that they want to not divest from their community they want to take this you know this professionalism I gain this knowledge this wealth and they want to cu- cultivate a black family and keep that strength within their community all of a sudden you start throwing around terms like racism or intolerance i don't think necessarily that someone should you know shy away love from somebody else but we should make an effort to try to keep those resources in our in our in our, in our community everyone else does it but somehow it's a pejorative to, to it, it, when it comes to black people that's why we're where we are because we don't think in the unified no. sense
4: we are where we are because you 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 and you won't go talk to a friend that's why we are where we are I'm okay won't you won't go talk to a friend you just say and that. you won't lift them up to the status and level that you're on i'm just not going to sit up here and call anyone out but out of the men in this room Almost all of them are taken, ladies. They're all taken. So when I'm, and they're all educated, they're all smart, and they're all handsome black men, but they're taken. That's so you true. want to leave me with the ones with the pants off, their behind, the felonies? What's left? You know, and it's easy for you, intelligent men, to tell us, intelligent black women, stay within the race because you have already chosen and you have someone. But for those of us who don't, what are we supposed to do? Do you know the riffraff we must settle for? Okay, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So
0: what I'm hearing from you in, in a second. Once you sift through the bullshit, you actually aren't, you aren't saying something that's terribly off base when, when, let me try to translate, what you're basically saying is, hey, look, the pool of dateable black guys is low because most of what you would consider to be the dateable black guys are taken, correct?
4: Absolutely.
0: Okay, so instead of having to lower your standard and settle for somebody who's not necessarily what you feel to be the elite force of black of black men, you go outside and say, let me go find somebody else that's that's still elite, not necessarily black, correct? Absolutely. Does that then preclude you from dating black men? Or have, are you at the point where? Right now, we are saying, look, really, all I'm dating right now are black men. I'm sorry, are white men? Or are you still including black men as part of that dating pool? I'm
4: still including black men as part of the dating pool, but I will say it's like one tough, you know. So gotta, like, you know, it's like some it. Indians, some Hispanics. White and then you know one black and I think that's just because <laughs> hey, it's not, not that men... many of you all. It is. Not so good. I, I, I guess your
2: question do you do you think that there is a large pool of really Successful uh, single black women, and there's just not a large pool of black men. I mean, absolutely. Is, is the same logic applied to black men? So, are you okay with everything you said being applied to a black man? No, you
4: absolutely. Because let me tell you something. I know that you all don't want a chicken head that's you know on welfare. I know you don't. That's want not the want black that. woman though. That is a character that that of black is, women. Listen, at the end of the day, people want their status. Okay. And, and there just are not that many black men like, out so there I guess what I'm saying is, are,
2: are you okay with me saying, or a black man saying, there is not enough eligible, quality black women out there? Yes. And so I have to date a white woman? So your logic applies across the board. If it's not you don't want
4: to date, white women date. White women, you
2: want to date Chinese. You're doing it anyway. So, That's so, so listen, to let me, let me be clear fine. for, let me be clear for everybody, including
3: the people on Facebook, right? I am not, love is love. And if you find love, damn it, stay where you are, right? But I'm talking about preference. I'm not talking about... If y'all see Ride Twenty Years From Now and I got a white lady, y'all be like, "Yo, you're a hypocrite. You can't call. You I'm, can't yeah. pull a Kanye." No, I'm not. I'm not I'm, saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I preferentially want to build a black family with black children, raise black wealth, and have that 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 stem off and you know to my generations and my progeny. So I don't see anything wrong with that because everyone else does that. what what's what's what, what's what's sinister about that?
4: Because, see, it's easy for the black man to say that. Because at the end of the day, the man is up here, the woman is down here. The man is supposed to take care of the woman. You all have much so more lit. to choose from. At the end of the day, that's the way it's been set up. You're subscribing and and your you to gender You all have much more to choose from than we do. A man is supposed to be the steward, the head of the home. Some of these fools out here...
2: So maybe it, you're just looking at a place that. that's, that's not, like, I, I don't know. You need to stop being a
4: groove. I'm a, a, Hello, I'm sorry, but I'm also an attorney. <laughs> I see you all as well, and y'all are taken. So what am I to do? I mean, I, I see it,
0: but I, see, I,
4: I, what I am can't I to let do? you stand
0: alone on this because I feel bad. Uh, but, I mean, I see, I see your point in terms of saying that uh, your pool is more limited because statistically you are correct. There are more black women uh, that are educated than black men that are educated. Black women actually lead the pack in all demographics as being the most educated out of all. So, and black men are at the bottom of that educational pack. However, the the it's the false thing false. that the the thing that you say, it, <laughs> first of all, you you make it seem like <laughs> out of the millions of black men, there's not enough of that pool for you to have at least a comfortable pool of men. To go out and date from, and I think that that's erroneous because every person, every black man is every good black man is not taken, and I think that there are enough single black men that aren't taken for you to still go out there and dive in without saying, without using the pejorative that 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 uh, that, that Rod was talking about, saying that black men by and large don't equate to your standard.
4: I'm sorry, I forgot to, I forgot to mention the ones that are not taken are pompous and they have like four women. And I'm sorry, but I'm just not. I'm not down with it. Well, if they're single, of course
2: they got four.
0: Women. Okay, all right.
4: Do? So then we're, you know, so, so there Brittany, we
2: go. You said something that I think is a false. I think it's a false equivalency. You're saying uh, black women are the most educated, which I believe is true. Black men are the least, so therefore there's not equality to, to pull from, and I disagree with that. I disagree. S- su- success doesn't. Education doesn't equal success. And money to me doesn't equal success. You can find love in a variety of ways, and so if you're limiting yourself to somebody who is just like me in education and wealth, you might be missing your successful person or your or the person for you in exchange for for a blue collar worker or a non blue collar worker um, who, who who provides for you and provides for anybody in a way. I I don't think it's a fair equivalency to say to say that. I think there's just a I, I you know, the, the idea that there's just a, a very narrow, small pool of eligible, quality black men uh, to me feeds into every narrative that black men are no good, that every narrative that black men are, are spend all their time in jail, every narrative that, that's a negative stereotype of black men, it feeds into that, and I'm vehemently opposed to it. Quentin, but Quentin what Broadway, if it's true? One, of
0: our, one of our correspondents from the field has uh, <laughs> said, what is your measure of success? Does being educated and having a degree automatically equal success?
4: No, because my father is a hard worker, he farms, he works, you know, at the ship channel, and he makes really good money. You know, so at the end of the day, it is not necessarily... what are
0: you looking for then? I mean, what are you looking for that you are not finding within black men? And I, because you can't say on one end, I need to find a good man, that, care, with, man with this high education rate. And then on the other end say, well, you know, uh, my father's a shipyard guy. He makes, he's, he makes well enough money to take care of a family. Those two things are not equivocal.
4: No, they are. Because, see, you guys are equating education and money. At the end of the day, people have to be equally yoked. And that's just the truth. You cannot be with somebody that's so different from you that you guys don't, you can't intertwine. And it's that's what you all want the black woman to do, obviously.
0: So what do you, how do you feel about? So, so what, what is your take on black men versus black women? How, do you think that black men are? Do you think that black men live up to the standards that black women have for them in terms of? Right. I want a relationship. This is the standard. Are black men not living up to the standard? Well,
4: right. the thing is, you have to understand that a lot of the black men that that li- that are elites have a horrible attitude, like Doc over here. So, I mean, how do you hmm. expect they have some call nasty attitudes? Two snaps at a certain and, and so it's like, okay,
1: That's
4: you're going to deal that. with that or you're going to, you know, not deal with that. So, so I mean...
1: I, I just, I don't know, I've been listening. So, it, my... Here's my thing. There's a lot of talk about, like, elite and educated and successful and this and that. Like, yo, just... If that's your standard, great. Go out and find who you want to find. But, like, I think we're just missing, like, there, there doesn't have to be talk about what your preference is or who you, if you have a standard of the kind of person that loves you a certain way, that treats you a certain way, that outside of what they have or what they do or whether or not they're elite, because that's, I don't, I don't even want to get into that. Like, just, you don't have to talk about what your preference is, white, black, or otherwise. If you say, I want a man who treats me this way and does this and is a head of the household and is a leader and whatever package that comes in that's what I'm taking I think cool I agree with you but when you start saying well y'all are this and the brothers are taken and the other ones are this like there's a bunch of white men out here that ain't shit either so like just I I would just say as for me in my house I'm attracted to women of color (laughs) so that's, that's what I date but if I wasn't and I found a blonde-haired, whatever woman that treated me the way that I wanted to be treated and did all those things. But not really. I not. still would not married, but you I still <laughs> so, 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 so you, you,
2: you, you brought up a point hair. that
0: uh, talking about, co- so let's talk about colorism for a second as it relates to interracial relationships. I saw this post, this guy uh, made a post, uh, he, he put up a picture of his daughter, cute little girl, he was like, but his comment on the post is what really drew attention. Um, she, you know, she's a little light skinned girl with this, this long wavy, uh, hair. And he said, yeah, uh, something I'm paraphrasing, uh, I'm so glad she came out looking like this. Uh, she's going to be a uh, heartthrob when she grows up, uh, light skinned biracial, yada, 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 just the kind of girl that, you know, I, I would want to date. Um, and a lot of women, uh, took that into, and, and they, they, they took that and ran with it, calling it a per- perverseness on his part to say, basically, you wanted a child that looked attractive to you and how sick and how perverse was that that's one issue the other issue is our sense of in a relationship wanting somebody with more european features because we have this subconscious feeling that um if we can get away from what the regular standard of dark skin looks like because we have been subjugated so long for the look we have maybe if we lighten it up we provide a better um, uh, one we provide a better outlook for our children two i don't want to be viewed as somebody who's who's out here with that type i want the next best thing and if i can't get white then i can certainly integrate white into my lifestyle and into my family uh narrative what do y'all think about that
3: colorism stupid shit out of it's stupid, but it's real. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real. Yeah. It's yes. real, but I, I still don't understand how that archaic idea still persists in 2016. So, well, it's,
1: I, uh, I, I'll tell you how this goes back to the thing uh, when I said about the flag. You keep saying something long enough, you keep repeating, hearing something repeated long enough, it becomes socialized, and some, some people think that it's true. There's historical <laughs> context and precedent for why people think a light-skinned person is quote unquote better than a dark-skinned person. It didn't come from us, right? But it was propagated through us and taught. If you look like this, that means you're, you know, whatever. You you live in the fields or whatever. If you look like this, you get better treatment. And clearly, if you are living, let's say you were living in that time, right? And in that time, you saw that your child was able to have just a little bit. Of grace or dignity or hope by looking a certain way, if you were to sleep with this man instead of that man, right? Those things, as bad as they are, become the psychology that gets passed along that you need to look like this so you won't be like, there are times like, if you look like this, you're more likely to be killed, lynched, or whatever. If you look like this, maybe they'll give you a pass because they think you're Master's offspring, right? And that gets, we forget about all that stuff when we get to this right because it keeps coming down generation after generation where we're taught that this Eurocentric version of beauty is what's right. You got little girls who look at dolls and put down the black doll because they're taught as babies that that one's ugly and this one's pretty. So you get that over and over and over again and then when you get to be adults and people make these dumbass comments you wonder where it came from. Like it, it keeps happening over and over and over again and it's in all of our entertainment that when we were growing up, you didn't see a dark-skinned girl on TV. Listen. It was, you know, that that's, for it's sure. socialized.
3: The, the historical origin of colorism is absolutely, it makes perfect sense, right? Yes. But what I can't understand is in 2018, the jig is up, the rules is, is, so black women have been, you know, disparaged well, for their lips, yeah, you yeah. know, their hips, their and color, they, they the texture, the, yeah, the texture they their texture, their hair. Everything about them, and in 2018, there's a billion-dollar industry where, where uh, other races try to recapitulate those features, yeah. and Black women are still feeling this. I mean, but it's they, a, it's but a,
1: they they still feel it because you, it's still, you it's it's so still there, even yeah. I know what I know it's, I'm, it's I'm, I'm still sorry. there. Hold on, are you saying that
0: they now have to hold themselves accountable for the subjugation? Say you no. I was just remarking foods. on how it's,
3: strong that is. if that is in it's, fact it's, the reason it's still why it still It still
1: come from us. Absolutely. What a little Wayne say? I want them A. Marie's, You can have them Kelly Rollins. Right? Absolutely, it's, I it's, can uh, it's, it, it is. It's passed down and passed down we and passed down. Right it, 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 so it, it, does it, does it didn't mean?
2: start with us, though. It definitely started with white on white. Like if you really trace back colorism, they used to have they used to rub mercury on their skin to make themselves paler. I'd have no idea why. So the but, answer to but, that
0: it comes from a so, from, from a class system. Uh, essentially, and this 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 is, is feudal. All right, well, um, you can have it out. No, I'm saying, just well, I'm just, pass just saying, it back done. sure, sure. But, but still, to answer that question, it's a there, feudal issue there. because the darker you were, the lower class you, you were assumed to be because you were out working, right. while lighter skinned people, fair skinned people, if you're talking about white people, fair skinned people were indoors, which meant that they were probably the clergy, they were probably the landowners who didn't have to be out in the sun. So, sun yeah. sun kissed and, meant that you were a worker. And, so, and,
2: so I, I, I get that the point I was making with it, which is to illustrate that it didn't. It, it, Although it has been promulgated upon all people, uh, it didn't start with our people. But we certainly have the uh, means and ability to stop it. We just don't. We carry forth the well, idea of European so me, beauty, uh, even when we know we that's shouldn't. So me, and but and, but and that's, a, that's no longer, in my opinion, a, 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 a issue with. Uh, 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 colonialism or white people, it is now on black people. When you know
1: the jig, when you know the problem, when you
2: know what's going on and
1: you still fall for the okie doke it's on you and not them. Let me me just say this. I want to add one thing because we blame social media for a lot of bad things. I think this is one place we can look at social media and say there's some good coming out of it because people attacked him for those crazy views that he had. The guy that made the post about his daughter, they attacked him for that view and talked about how stupid it was but we also see black women, many black women and black men starting to love each other. Black girl mm-hmm. magic is becoming a thing. thing mm-hmm. People promoting women of color and little girls of color and letting them know that you're beautiful, you should have your natural hair, you should do all these things. So I think there's, there is a shift that is coming because we see right now, how many women do you see right now that are natural? That have gone natural and say it's okay to wear my hair the way that it comes out of my head. So there's a lot happening now that's changing that. But the colorism and the idiocy still exist,
0: and I, I think the sad part of that is it's also a direct correlation between colorism and educational value. Because I think the lower down you go in the socioeconomic stratosphere, the more prevalent you see that same colorism. Not to say that it doesn't exist in the higher strata, but the lower strata certainly. How many How many of your, your, your around the way homeboys talking about man, that's a bad yellow? over there. You know what I'm saying? That like this oh, yeah. th- there's a certain there's a certain demographic it that gets, we always see. And it's always the light skinned girls that you go after for that demographic. And every now and then you say, no no no, really like me a little brown skin girl. Again, it's about the strata that you I that you live crazy. in. And I, there's I, something I, to be said about colorism as yeah. it correlates to socioeconomic status.
2: I, I would say this my wife went natural about ten years ago and she was encouraged by everybody except for black people. They're the only ones at work who told her don't go natural because you're going to not get a promotion, don't go natural because they're going to look at you funny, don't go natural for all kinds of shitty reasons. When she went natural she had people come up to her, be them white, Asian, Hispanic and loving her hair and doing that bullshit thing wanting to touch it but you know she she fought that one but they are all for it and she only encountered flack from black people. So I'm going to say it again colorism sucks, We all, I, nobody says it's great but I think this is an issue that we ourselves are propagating upon ourselves, and we have to escape that. Yo, we got to fight I that. I agree, bro. I, I agree. agree. So, and actually, next week on this show,
0: we are going to uh, delve much deeper into uh, black divisiveness, colorism. Uh, we're going to have some some regular people, quote unquote, on the show. These are uh, just general Facebook users that have, that have said that they want to come on and talk about this. Every now and then, we want to give uh, people that are not the title type of person, uh, chance to come on here and just see what the layperson's opinion is on this. So we're gonna have a little little fun with this next week. It's gonna get uh, get interesting. Uh, Allie, I wanna say thank you for being on the show, but before we head out, I do wanna give a little black magic. And again, we are talking about black, black girl magic. Uh, and only because this week we have some sad news coming our way. Uh, the great songstress Aretha Franklin has been, uh, has been, uh, has been told. We've been told by media that she's in hospice now. Uh, she is knocking on heaven's door. Um, just want to give a little bit about Miss Franklin, so we all know who she is. Uh, she was born March twenty-fifth, nineteen forty-two. Uh, She was raised in a very gospel household. At the age of 18, she transitioned over from gospel to secular music. Uh, You know her for such great songs as R-E-S-P-E-C-T, Respect, Natural Woman, Spanish Harlem, and Think. Uh, she has 112 charted singles on billboards, including 77 Hot 100 entries, 17 top 10 pop singles, 100 R&B entries, and 20 number one R&B singles, becoming the most charted female artist in the chart's history. Uh, Ms. Franklin has won a total of 18 Grammy Awards and is one of the best-selling musical artists of all time, having sold over 75 million records worldwide. She is also the first female inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame She has also been inducted into the UK Music Hall of Fame, as well as the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. And she has been listed uh, in the billboards as one of the 100 greatest artists and 100 greatest singers of all time. Miss Franklin, even though you may not be with us much longer, you have made the most impact that one can hope for in this world. Uh, All we can ask in this world is to leave a stamp and you have left an emblem for us. So we thank you for all that you've done. You are black magic to us. You are black girl magic. And uh, we wouldn't have the type of soul that we have without you. That being said, Allie, it was rough, girl, but you ran through the gauntlet. (laughs) I'm proud of you, girl. You. Uh, In spite you. of Dr. Rod Singleton yes. and the crew over here. The crew. You did that thing, girl. Um, and hopefully we'll have you back on uh, if, if the Lord and intelligence says the same. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed yourself. I
4: did. I did. I did. I did. Great.
0: Uh, make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you share intelligence uh, with your friends and family. If you like us, if you love us please. We're trying to build this up over the, yeah, even if you hate (laughs) us, like, yo, there's a show that I hate that I need you to watch. Uh, We are in the next couple of weeks going to be pushing out a whole new type of uh, uh, format for the show. We've got some software coming that we're working on. It's going to be exciting. It's going to take us to the next level. Uh, So hoping that you can uh, join us for that. Uh, Make sure that you share us via Facebook, www.gentspodcast.com is our website. Uh, if you're going to IG, it's what? Gents Podcasting. Jets Podcasting. And we also are on YouTube, so subscribe on YouTube. You can get to our YouTube channel. The easiest way is to go to the website. We have an emblem right there that says YouTube. Click on that and subscribe. We're trying to build a dedicated YouTube channel. Woo, there's a lot to talk about, but ladies and gentlemen, that's our time. Uh, this is Intelligence bringing you knowledge with the power to change. We will see you next week. Thank you.